In this week's show, our guest is Morgan Ely, who has been reading comic books and graphic novels for the past 20 years. He took a communication course in college focused on studying comic books as a genre, and for the past several years, Morgan has uh, leveraged his joy for comic books and passion for working with youth to promote literacy among children and encourage adults to use comics to get their children reading and having fun in the process. He has promoted Free Comic Book Day and Halloween Comic Fest in the local community and over the years has helped get hundreds of comics in the hands of underprivileged children and their families. He led yearly excursions for kids from Ronald McDonald House to comic book stores as well. Morgan works in the field of college admissions and is currently the Director of Pharmacy Admissions at the University of Houston College of Pharmacy. Welcome to the show, Morgan. Thank you. In The Mystic and the Skeptic, we review movies and books and now even comic books, but that's not our forte. Uh, we, we talk about the entertainment uh, field in relation to uh, philosophy, politics, or spirituality. So we're glad to have you on the show. Um, the last show that we did about the controversy with um, Captain Marvel kind of got us started on this idea of how forms of entertainment, they have impact on the culture or the culture has an impact on our personal lives and how we view the world. And and I like that you're involved in media literacy because as I was talking to you before the show, whatever is put out there artistically is either reflecting the culture or is influencing the culture by the messages they convey. And it seems nowadays that there's very little that is being thought or communicated that it is um, like thoughtful or that has been previously researched or like now it seems like we're in the uh, reality TV uh, mentality that even though everything is scripted, there's really no thinking of the consequences of these ideas. So I was surprised that um, the movie that just came out, Avengers Endgame, had very deep, very philosophical, strong points that were fulfilling. It wasn't just uh, blowing things up for, for the sake of entertainment. It actually had major values and ideas being uh, presented in a cohesive way and also in an emotionally captivating way. Uh, was that your experience of the movie? It was, although um, I want to make sure I want to make sure I understand the the bookends that we're working within as far as um, so are we discussing that as if as if everybody has seen this movie or shall we try and uh, minimize the spoilers? In the past, I've mentioned that uh, I'm not concerned about spoilers because we are discussing things from a philosophical perspective. This is not an uh, entertainment per se show, but we do want to be kind to people who have not watched this movie. And in the previous um, conversation we had about comic books, I brought up how it's a form of um, escapism and it's not like high literature. So when it comes down to the way that people might get a little too obsessed about things, uh, I might not be in that camp, but I do feel that... Well, and I'm not in that camp either. I want to assure you that. I mean, the comics is, and I apologize for cutting you off, David, but... But yeah, I mean, comics to me, and I've um, is is it is entertainment. Um, I when I do read it, I, I I look forward to getting those little nuggets of wisdom that you may find in reading in reading some comics. But I don't usually jump into it hoping this is going to be the next um, Hunchback of Notre Dame in graphic form, graphic novel form, or anything like that. 
So, yeah, folks that so that that's 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 how I see that. But an example of that is uh, in in the movie, um, the character of Hulk finally came for full circle for me because to me, Hulk has always been like a cheap version of Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. And now it seems like they're taking an idea and they're developing to the point where it's its own thing. And I guess you could say that about Batman being a, a spin-off of Dracula or something, but... No, I wouldn't go that far. And the thing about um, the Hulk, I mean, what's and the challenge for me as someone who has read the story, I, I, have to, I have to approach the movies as just seeing them who, as for what they are and not... And not tend to look back and see, well, I've read, I don't know, 50 to 100, you know, Incredible Hulk comic books and compare them to that because it's just not, it's not, a, it's not a fair measurement. Um, but the thing about the, the Incredible Hulk is that, you know, even, you know, even as he's the Hulk, he's still intelligent enough that he does not want to hurt people like humans, I, I suppose should say. So um, that's one of the things that um, I've enjoyed about that even in that, um, you know, who, you know, who, you know, Bruce Banner and the Hulk are the same person. Um, but you know, one has, as you point out, the, the Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, um, you know, duality going on there just as, you know, each person, if they're truly honest with themselves, you know, has a, um, and you know, you know, has, has a, has a, um, the opportunity to be selfish, to be harsh, to be, to be mean, to be, um, you know, I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to go so far as saying evil, but, um, the opportunity, you know, ha, has that, um, that potential to do, to do wrong or to, or to be um, impulsive. So that, that is one. The reason that we're jumping directly into, uh, end game is because it is a, a cultural phenomenon. Like there hasn't been too many movies, especially superhero movies have become kind of, uh, formulaic. So to actually have a saga that has a beginning, middle, end, that it has a build-up, it was pretty impressive how they were able to pull it all together. And in the past, people have said that moviegoers or TV watchers are not that clever or not that sophisticated, and that there's no need to bring in any philosophical or um, really uh, important ideas that you should just give them uh, a lot of action and a lot of uh, romance and they'll be happy. So when a movie actually goes further than that, kind of like the show Lost did, I thought Lost was over the top philosophical to the point of losing interest. But when a a movie that is supposed to be for massive consumption actually uh, hits the mark when it comes down to people who are more uh, thoughtful or, or looking for deeper meaning, to me, that's a success. And yeah, and I would say that any, you know, any form of entertainment that gets you th- gets you thinking about higher things is a good is a, is a good mark. I mean, the the uh, the idea of a court jester in a um, or the, or, or the, the idea of a court jester or a fool, the, what the, what the beauty of that person is is that all they do is they hold up a mirror to the world and show them and show them what's going on. And, 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 but they do it in a way that, that you're not, that one does not expect. So in looking at, you know, the end game, I mean, and just kind of as a real quick example is that the, what the, the, when the story picks up where they where the last one left off, the bad guy decimates all half of humanity. And so it picks up where 
all the characters that are still around are gripped with that loss that and that and, and they really i thought they did did good um homage to, or they spent a, an appropriate amount of energy into focusing on the the gut-wrenching loss and um because it was it was you know it's not it wasn't just the person but it was also you know everything that that um you know that they there, there was there was a lot of of uh, focus on that. I mean, I, I, there was, there was a set, there was a, a few scenes where it immediately made me think back to September 11th. I'm in my forties. So I was a young man when that, when September 11th occurred, um, I was living in, in Houston, Texas at the time, but my wife actually was at ground zero. And so for, for the, for a few, for the early years of our relationship, you know, it's when September 11th would come around, she would kind of, kind of pull back into herself because it was it was so it was so intense for her. So I thought that the way that they had uh, presented it was 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 done in a good way. Well, it's funny you bring that up because uh, Iron Man three was criticized as being too emotional, um, and the the character was being softened or even feminized. And I found that offensive because being a chaplain and working with people who grieve and who go through PTSD. Uh, how can they? How can anybody make fun of someone struggling with their emotions after having a traumatic experience? So, right. and you're right that in this movie they did a very good job uh, on showing the impact of losing loved ones and feeling you know, defeated in a sense because of of the great loss that they all experience. We're gonna get to projects that that you have been working on and the way that that comic books make a an impact on on our community, but Overall, do you know much about how comic books were started? I know um, I just saw the movie Glass, and in that one they talk about how there are these mythical ideas. It's almost like uh, Joseph Campbell's idea of the hero and then the epic journey, and that those things became part of the culture in the 20s because I guess there was a lot of uh, books that were out there of um, cowboys and Indians and then Tarzan and things like that. And then when graphic, um, I guess, illustrations became more more easy to create, then Superman and other heroes came to the forefront. Do you know much about how that took a hold in our culture? Yeah, I do. Um, and and really, if if one's going to say, hey, okay, you know, how do how do I where where does kind of American comics really come into come into play? The person, the name that's most often mentioned is a man by the name of Will Eisner. That's I E I. E I S N E R Will Eisner, and he he wrote uh, several um, several comic books. One of which was called The Spirit, and that one was was your pulp your pulp hero that um, that was kind of you know had adventures in in, in New York City and in other places. But um, he was able to really turn turn that out and use that um, along with some of his other um, projects to really bring the art form to. What he actually wanted to rename it to be sequential art, and um, so yeah, and then so so yeah, so the comic so comics was actually he, you know he was part of a newspaper that was able to get uh, make an insert into your Sunday paper, and that was really what the, what the kids were getting into uh, that were enjoying. So that's kind of how the American comic book um, you know kind of got its got its impetus, if you will. Um, you move to looking for different themes like that. For example, uh, Superman. 
which I mean, there's there's people that have written you know amazing dissertations about Superman, and I'm not going to spend, so I don't want to kind of replay some of that, but I'll just point out a couple things where um, you know, t- if if you're speaking to an, a Jewish audience and you're and you're representing a a person who is not from this earth, who has cannot be killed, who who is able who fight who has a a, a strong moral compass. And, and you know, fighting for truth, justice in the American way, and is actually, um, you know, is, is doesn't doesn't falter from that. Um, that's that's very rare. And it's very appealing. And in fact, just now I'll read something to you real quickly from an actual Superman comic. And he says, um, they said, hey, Superman, are you are you a hero, right? What are you doing? And he says, well, to be a hero, and I'm not saying I am one. I'm just saying that it just saying is to live your life in a, in a small cell whose bars are the principles and rules that define what you will and won't accept injustice cruelty murder and then he so he and then he says on the night that um, Henry Thoreau was in jail for civil disobedience a friend came and sa- came to him saying Henry what are you doing in here and Thoreau said no the question is what are you doing out there so he said if i'm lucky and privileged enough to live in that cell, to serve in that box with the word hero written on it, then I say to you from somewhere deep inside that box, what are you doing? What are you doing out there? So all that to say that, you know, folks can use you can one can use comic books to to ask a person to reach inside themselves to to be a little bit better than 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 who they have been. Um, but I wouldn't say that that's necessarily unique to comic books. That's other other forms of literature and genres and music and books have done that for quite some time already. You mentioned a Jewish audience. Are you talking because the the creators of Superman were Jewish or part? Yes, but also I mean, there's a lot of parallels that one can that one can draw to. Um, to say Superman was a messiah, messianic character that people people gravitate to, and and the way he uh, Superman, you know, ha, you know, had this as I said, this strong moral compass of truth, justice, and the American way that was coined later. But but he knew he knew he knew exactly what right and what what was right and what was wrong, and he never and he never deviated from that. And his and if you take him even further to the point where he's now, where I mean, me as a father of young children, and my kids are looking to me to, to, and I'm saying, what are, you know, who are some great superheroes? Well, I'll say, well, Superman, because he's married and he's committed to his wife, and and um, that's that. That's to me, that's important. So at the beginning of the show, I was gonna tell you about my experience with comic books. When I was a, a child, they would show American comic book cartoons in Mexico, and you know, yes. it was like the old Captain America, where only his mouth moved. He would throw his uh, his shield around, and then it was the Super Friends, and then the TV shows that came with it. But um, I didn't come across comic books until I came to America, and there was always a, a wide range of you know. There's the ones that they sell at the dollar store, where they sell you like a pack of four. They're from smaller companies, and then there's the the really famous ones. So, uh, and then I even came across uh, a young man who started his own comic book company. And we were involved in trying to start a couple of series with him. But is it, do you know if it, it was like a fluke? Like you said that it started with uh, being the insert in the newspaper. I, I remember reading like um, Prince Valiant and mm-hmm. stuff like that. So did those right. things develop into being bigger books or how did, um, 
that it becomes something so uh, so cherished in this culture? I would say that there, yeah, definitely with those the the pulp, um, you know, the pulp film noir type stuff, um, and even your 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 swashbuckling adventure ones like um, Prince Valiant and The Phantom and the shadow and dick tracy dick tracy's like been around for like 70 plus years i think um so as far as really kind of when they transition from just being a comic book strip to being books um is really real eisner is the one that that i would i'm gonna that i'm gonna say that that this gonna be one that's gonna get a lot of credit for that um so that yeah because that's yeah i would say and that really occurred um towards the 30s um 30s and 40s, I would say. So, yeah, that's um, – but, yeah, and, and what's interesting about Will Eisner himself is that he's actually um, – one of his comic books it was called um, um, a, the contra- a Contract with God and Other Tenement Stories, and that book actually won the Pulitzer Prize. So um, – and there's other books that have uh, – comic books that have won the Pulitzer as well. So it has – depending on the con- – the content can be serious and can be um, – Certainly, one that, that can that can be taken seriously if it's presented in an appropriate way. So it can be thought provoking, but as I said at the beginning of the podcast, I'm not seeing, I'm not a, reading comic books expecting that I'm going to read the next great American novel, um, akin to like an epic saga like Gone with the Wind. I'm, I'm I just don't have that expectation. The question that I have regarding comic books is that um, I guess other people have asked it before is that they're taking ideas that were common um in different cultures like like the greek gods or some type of um, deity or something and then they're making them popular you and i were discussing about how popular entertainment can be seen as a lower form of art or it can rise to be a high form of art so do you have a preference between like graphic novels or just because you mentioned for children, of course, the more bright, the more simple the story, the easier for them to connect with it. But uh, is there a progression in in deeper, more adult comic books that are not, you know, X-rated, but they're actually very uh, high literature as compared to just the massively produced popular stuff? It is very frustrating for me as as a parent as a parent to. Um, recommend to an age group child. Here's oh, here's a comic book, and but b- before I recommend it to you, I've got to make sure that no one's sleeping with each other, that they're not married to, that there's no no graphic violence and that type of stuff. So it is a challenge, but there are some of those books that are out there. One that one that comes to mind is uh, Mouse Guard by David Peterson, which I've really enjoyed. Also, a few others that that come to mind would be um, interestingly enough, The Hedge Knight, which is written by George R. R. Martin. If you're familiar with his work was actually a very good, very well written um, comic book, the first one. And um, I actually was, I didn't, that, this was years ago that I, that I came across it, but you know, that, that, that's a really good read, the uh, volumes one, two, and three. But yeah, I mean, there are the ones that are out there, but um, it's, you just, one just has to pay attention to what they're, to preview it before you put it in the hands of kids. So I'm sorry, that's not, that may not be a good, the answer that you're seeking, but. Um, Let me give you an example. So when I was a, a media arts teacher, the librarian got a she got a grant from the Barbara Bush Foundation. She decided to use the money to buy anime. I was wondering about that because a lot of anime is very sexual and very strange. And she thought because the girls in that school, they were uh, middle schoolers, they love that kind of stuff, that that would be the way to get them to read. 
was that a, a kind of out there choice for, for a librarian or is that an entry point for, for kids in our society? I wouldn't have done it. I don't like anime. And for the reasons that you pointed out, um, but I mean, if you're talking about middle school kids there, you, you can't elevate it to, to content that is, that is higher, but it's, and it's kind of just drifting away from the comic book stuff. Um, middle schools, I mean, a good book for, for middle school kids I would recommend would be The Tale of One Bad Rat by Brian Talbot. That's T-A-L-B-O-T. And it talks about a young girl who is living in London, and she was she was sexually molested as, as a preteen, and so she runs away from home. And the whole story is about her being homeless in, in London, but coming, coming to grips with the fact that, that, that the abuse wasn't her fault and that she was a victim, but and she was able to make even make peace with her with her aggressor and find her own inner strength. So, I mean, stories stories like that are out there, but one ha- one has just to be very intentional about it. And and as you mentioned, that one, unfortunately, sometimes cultures are just kind of seeking dollar signs or seeking what they think is popular without looking kind of at the consequences and and which and what you're really putting out there. I have to push back a little bit because although uh, I'm a parent myself. I feel that if all you give your kids is Bible books or Christian comics or things like that, uh, and you not expose them, I'm 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 proud of you for bringing up um, a book about sexual abuse because it is something that happens, and if if it's not confronted as, as a real thing, then it's like we're living in a fantasy world. But um, if you read books like Pippi Longstockings or Harriet the Spy, the kids are very rebellious and they're very um, like at those times they were they were controversial because they would stand up to adults they would speak speak out and then um so what's the criteria like is it protecting kids and trying to teach them to be you know good americans and follow in line or is it to challenge them and to help them think critically i think it's going to be i would say that one's really going to have to take a, take your middle, the middle road and and really kind of be intentional about what you're what you're exposing your kids to i mean i if you're yeah, yeah. I mean, if if you're gonna if you're gonna you know read a comic book with it with with your with your daughter and and bad things happen, it's important for you to talk about well to to help unpack what's going on in in that situation and to say and to ask a student ask the the child you know what do you think of this? Yeah, I mean, I don't think that you can live in a um in in a world where you're giving your your child child everything that's PG, but if your if your child is real little, I think that that's absolutely appropriate, and that one needs to you know kind of developmentally appropriate. I don't I don't know if that really helps your answer your question. Let's go right into it. So in in your bio, uh, you shared being a devoted Christian, and I've seen Christian comics. I've even seen one Jewish uh, comic, and they were all terrible. Not only the art was not that good, like they hit people over the head with their spiritual ideas. I know there's even a comic book Bible. How how do you uh, manage that? Because there's two approaches from religious people: either create your own microcosm or try to engage the rest of the world and and find good things within what's out there. Is it the same thing as you were saying, finding a middle road? Yeah, I would. Um, there, there's actually a really good book I've enjoyed called Testament by Metron Press, and um, it it, do, it does give you Old Testament stories, but it doesn't beat you over the head with it really. And I, and I I enjoy the way that it's laid out. So, um, but yeah, I mean, yeah, I would agree that there's that you can't just find your own microcosm, or or that 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 that's not that's not going to be sustainable really. And 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 your and a child at a certain point is going to say, well, you know what these 
Bible stories are are, are okay, but you know, I'm not. It's I'm not as as uh, entertained by them, or or I find it not not to be relevant. Well, then you're going to have to if you want to if you want to use you know comics as a uh, as a genre that you continue with, then you're going to have to you know exp- expose them to those things, or or at least or at least be aware of them. Yeah, I mean you can you can find those books out there that are that are not overtly Christian and 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 use that as a good teaching tool. But also you can just you don't have to take it so you don't one doesn't have to make it so serious all the time either, and just can can just kind of have fun with what you're reading. It doesn't have to always be serious and always have to have a moral lesson to it. So tell us about Comic Book Day. Um, I I wasn't aware of it. I've frequented um, comic book stores in Houston and. You know, sometimes the prices or just the promotional stuff seems to be for a very few. Like, it doesn't seem like it's something that is, uh, you know, it's not super expensive, but it can become an obsession and you can spend a lot of money in, in stuff. So have comic books always been very profitable or is it now that they've become like that? And then how do you reach uh, people of uh, low income or limited resources with this type of media? Well, let me let me talk about the the financial piece first, um, because what especially in Houston, um, you can you know you can go to your your public library and your county library, and they're always going to have a comic book section to them. So I mean, I was I mean, you can check out you know up to like fifty books at a time to 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 you know uh, to to read. So the comic books are are available to you if you, if you get inside the library. As far as the um, you know the free the you know free comic book day itself. Yeah, that's that's an event that goes on twice a year. Um, it goes on it's the it's the first Saturday in May, and then there's all, also um, in in late October they have an event called Halloween Comic Fest. And on those two days, what they do are, are they you know, these different comic book comic book retailers will they'll they'll buy like in bulk several different you know types of comic books that um so a lot of them are kid friendly uh, some of them some of them are going to be in your teenager and, and your, even your adult um, level but they're all they're in, in designed to be an introductory story want to give you a little slice of something hoping that you'll like it and then want to you know buy buy more or or, or read more into it so they're typically designed to be an introductory um tool there so it's coming up Saturday, May 4th. The show will be airing the week after, so we're going to be a little late, but it's going to be available online as early as tomorrow. So this, this episode of, of The Mystic and the Skeptic will be available uh, Friday, May 3rd, and then Comic Book Day is May 4th. And is, is that every comic book store or only participating one? Thank you for asking. The website is freecomicbookday.com. Again, that's freecomicbookday.com. Uh, you go to the zip code locator, and you um, and they'll it'll, it'll tell you what comic book stores near your area are giving away free comic books. So that's that's where you go to, to find them. Um, so and what what I've done in years past with that, um, just to kind of give you an idea about how you you can kind of leverage that to uh, to engage young people, is that I've I've gone to comic book stores and. And, and really, really I'll, uh, I'll whenever I travel, I travel through the pretty widely through using public transit. And I come whenever I come across someone with uh, an, a parent with young children, I'll approach the parent and I'll say, "Hey, do you know about this event coming up? It's a, they're giving away free comic books, and it's a day to promote literacy among children." And once once I frame it that way, they're like, "Oh, really? Well, it's free. That's great because I can I can afford free, right?" 
But so, so that's one thing. And then what I've um, and if, if you're some and that as an as a platform to reach out to folks that are that are really that that would benefit from that, or that they just would like to get you get kids more reading more with with my children that are school age now. I mean, they've you'll go to comic book day and then at you know toward when the comic book stores about to close up for the day, we'll ask them, hey, can I take a, a short stack of these here and give them to my to the kids at my at my kids' school? And they'll say sure. And so you can, you can if you've got a class of forty kids, you can take forty comic books and, and distribute them to the classmates, which the teachers love because that gets the kids reading. But what I've also done in years past is I've had um. I've worked with uh, Ronald McDonald House, and if you're familiar with that entity, essentially it's an oper- it's a respite um, place for kids and their families, and that where the, where the child is suffering from a life-threatening disease like uh, cancer or um, glaucoma or several different you know life-threatening diseases, and it's it's a place for the family to stay at no cost while the child is getting treated for their you know for their disease or their condition. Uh, and it's and it's located very close to the medical center. So these people are coming from all over the country. Usually they're, they're just getting there with the clothes on their back, and they're just trying to help their child make it through a tough season. So what I've what we've done is we've gotten groups of volunteers together, and we've hosted a um, a field trip by um, saying, okay, on this afternoon, on this Saturday, we're going to use public transit like the Houston Metro bus and the Houston and the and the Metro Rail. To take you to, or to transport you to a comic book store to get free comic books, and it's been a nice diversion for the kids, but it also is going to serve the another purpose of, of showing the families how how simple it is to use public transit if you're not from Houston. That's been that's something that we've really enjoyed doing over the past few years. This this year we're doing things things a little bit different. My uh, my son is is uh, into Cub Scouts now, and so we're doing a concession stand um, at their at a comic book store to promote Cub Scouts and 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 raise funds for the for the pack. But um, really, with when it comes to you know events like that that are free and they're centered around the youth, just getting just promoting fun in, instead of fear, and just just showing these showing these kids a, a healthy form of entertainment. Is um I find I find to be very rewarding. So what what do you hear from the the children who are going through major illnesses? Does it make them happy? Does it give them something to um, put their mind um, to instead of thinking about their struggles? Like um, what has been the the reaction of children in your experience when when you give them the opportunity to get free comic books? Um, it's been it's been um pretty good actually I, I, but I also say, um it's been it's been um pretty good actually I, I, but I also say that it's kind of mixed I mean, the part of it is is just getting the kids to and the, and the family to um at least from wrong Don house I should say the kids that go have a great time because a lot of them it's for their first time they've they've ever been on the on the on the public transit to, to get to get there and once they're some of them have they may not have been to a comic book store in the in the past so it might be their first opportunity to be there but for them but it's the staff knows that that we're bring, they're bringing this crew there, so they really do their best to um, to roll out the red carpet for them, make them feel real special, and and just let them just be kids for for an afternoon. I mean, especially for for folks that are, that are for kids that are dealing with that. I mean, they're I mean their their life kind of is surrounded by doctor's appointments and stuff, and so just to be able to say, you know what, let's just be a kid for a while. You can take this book and and. And, and you know engage your imagination engage your mind for a while to kind of take you out of your circumstances that can be 
pretty pretty uncomfortable and, and painful. Um, that's that's what we've we've with the, my our, our our takeaways from our field trips with with, with uh, Ron McDonald's house have been. When it comes to our takeaways to you know distributing uh, the free comic books to the the less fortunate, like we've taken them to different community centers where that where where kids are going to be. We've taken them to to the laundromats where the where you know the folks that are less fortunate have to take their laundry to get their laundry done. The kids usually they're waiting around for mom and dad to get their laundry done. So it's it's something that to to keep them from being bored to get to help them get engaged and the, and the parents love it because it's like oh you have something to entertain my child that's not looking at a screen fantastic that's so and we've you know we've we've distributed them to emergency rooms um, auto mechanics to shops space um, doctors offices you know places where kids find themselves waiting around and it's, it's you know productive or, or for them so it's been so those so those re- responses have been pretty good I haven't been keeping up with uh, literacy and America is there still problems with children not being able to read or has that gotten better I'm not the expert on that but I would say that you know whenever whenever we I speak with educators and let and share with them about the event they're they're thrilled to have that opportunity because it's it's someone else besides an educator telling giving encouraging kids to read which and, and their parents to read which I think is great so um, no I, I couldn't speak to that unfortunately do you ever catch your kids watching cartoons and they and they're cartoons for adults because I always wonder about Adult Swim and things like that where it seems like they're or even South Park where there seems like they're targeting children and it's actually content is not appropriate. That's a good question. Um, well, for my kids, for my kids personally, we we don't have that, we don't have those those TV channels. We've got to use a like a Fire Stick for Amazon. So it's my um, both my wife and I are making sure that they're watching that that they're not going into in the, picking the the inappropriate um, formats to watch, um, but it is a struggle, and so, and you know it's it's even for 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 myself. You know, the other day I was watching. Um, it, it's interesting, and David, you may have had this experience where you watch. You, you, there's an opportunity to see a movie that you haven't seen in a long time, and you think, "Oh, if that movie wasn't that bad, I can my kids can can sit in and watch it." And then, then 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 a scene you don't remember comes back, and like, "Oh, that's ah, that's that's too gruesome for my kids. Let's just turn this off and do something else." You know that happens, and that's, I think that's that's just kind of part of parenting and and saying, "Oh well, you know, we're not going to watch this anymore." And the kids say, "Why not? Because it's not for you. Something something you should not be watching. It's not appropriate." So I think that's that's one of the things where you just have to you have to be strong and and not not kind of not kind of um, cave into the the temptation to say you know what well, I want to watch this it's not going to be that bad for the kids really the the idea of uh, I don't know of, of spending hours in front of a television with your kids that's not really family time not, that's not really in my opinion that's not high that's not high quality family time that that's what I would I would say to that so I did an experiment uh, when I was a uh... A teacher at, at a elementary school I had a bunch of costumes and the kids dressed up as different superheroes uh-huh. and the first thing they want to do is is attack each other because all you see in in comic books and cartoons and movies is that the way you deal with with conflict is through violence uh, so then I said well find a way to talk it out so even though we so we set up a story and there was a bad guy like the Joker or uh, Lex Luthor, and instead of Superman going straight to punching him in the face, he had to talk to uh, Luthor and try to find out why is he doing the bad things that he's doing. So mm-hmm. uh, has anybody ever brought that up, that um, it's, it's part of American culture that either through guns or physical violence, 
is how you resolve conflict and issues? Um, you know, I haven't had too many people get in my face about that, but I will point out that um, usually, usually when I'm when I'm when I'm promoting, I'm promoting. I'm just saying, well, this is just it's just all in good fun, and it's gonna it's kid friendly. And usually, I don't get I haven't gotten a whole lot of pushback about that. But for the folks that say if if for, for the parent that says you know that's not a comic books only promote you know violence my unfortunate you know my thoughts were well let's 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 find, there are some comic books that aren't promoting violence and they're, and they're ones that are not where they're not um there may be conflict but they're not it's it's not something that's i don't, don't want to say glorified but you kind of stop me with that one david i, I not, don't have a best good response for that other than that well let's go a little bit deeper because a friend of mine and i were debating regarding um peaceful movements or nonviolent movements does christianity really teach that it, that you should be nonviolent? because we were talking about how most people would say that jesus was a, a gandhi-like figure or martin luther king figure and there's a small group of academics that might say that he was uh, a zealot or some type of revolutionary and their their claims are, are stretches because they try to turn some of his teachings around to make them more um, revolutionary. So this idea of necessary conflict that, that sometimes you have to defend yourself or you have to fight. A lot of people, especially on this radio station where we play, we have issues with the idea of just war or even having armies because there's a lot of uh, pain and suffering that comes from it. Philosophically speaking, is the easiest way for for anybody to respond to a bad guy or a thief or a criminal is to punch him and lock him up. And I had a lot of problems with Daredevil, the TV show, because even Batman, who's one of my favorite superheroes, as much as he would rough off his uh, his enemies, he would never like torture them or throw them off a building or anything like that. And Daredevil in the TV show doesn't care, and he and he does uh, a lot of unethical things. Is there, from your perspective, is there a good amount of balance regarding that in comic books, or do you see that that sometimes there might not be an ethical compass where there's just like the superhero does whatever he wants and gets away with it? I know you're talking about Superman. Superman is known to be the Boy Scout of the superheroes. And that's one of the reasons why some people don't like him because he's too goody two shoes. So, what do you think? You, you mentioned Batman. I'm going to pick on Batman. When people say, "Well, I like Batman versus Superman," I over Superman. I say, my my thoughts were Batman has trust issues. <laughs> he doesn't. He doesn't. He doesn't trust anyone, and he wants his. He wants it to be his way, and not trust people to make their own choices. So, but um, yeah. The, I mean. Violence is definitely something that that comic that that is that is within comic comics uh, with especially superhero comics, and you're not that's not something that I see going away. Um, as far as you know how they how they resolve conflict, that's unfortunately it's it's it seems to be more extreme than than it had than it was probably twenty thirty years ago even, and certainly certainly getting more gruesome. Um, um, if 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 one chooses to go that way, but but if I saw Iron Man or Captain America beat someone into a pulp, or um, I know in the in the series there was a time where in Civil War where they were fighting on different sides of of legality, like one group right. wanted to work with the with the National Council or the different countries, and another group wanted to be rogue. Uh, but there was a 
there was tension and there was concern about it. It wasn't just willy-nilly, we're just going to do whatever we want and we know better. Um, so at least the idea of of having accountability was brought up. And I wouldn't watch, uh, just like I had, I stopped watching Daredevil, when the they just take law in their own hands and they have no interest in even um, working with the legal system. They're just uh, vigilantes. Mm-hmm. So uh, do you ever see that Batman crosses the line between a vigilante and, a, and actually a crime fighter? Yeah, I would say so. But I mean, what's interesting about that, that is, you know, the question of um, like civil war is a question of personal freedom versus, um, ha- you know, having your own, having your actions uh, told to you and not being able to, to think and act how you choose. So um, that, that it's interesting that you bring that one up um, because, you know, the question of what, well, you know, it, it's, to, to per, there's one thing it's the one standpoint of yes you need you, you need to work within the within the laws within the laws that are put forth here um, is is would be an appropriate response but then take it even even further is like we don't trust you to make the to make the right choice on your own so we're gonna so we're gonna take that choice away from you which which is unfortunate because because most people don't like to be told 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 what to do and and, and told down to you know so do you believe that comic books uh, teach children to be resilient and independent or are they so popular that, you know, some some religious people would have problems with what are they teaching the children? Are they teaching the children to be rebellious? Are they teaching the children to be um, too self-oriented uh, and not enough community-oriented? Um, do you think that that's where the parent would come uh, to the giving a context to the story as compared to just letting kids make their own conclusions based on what they're, they're seeing. Because the issue with conservatives and liberals has always been that artists are very free thinking and open to different possibilities and more traditionalist people are want things to stay the same. So how can you trust that a, a writer or a visual artist is going to um, teach your children what they want them to be taught? The answer I would say is that, that you that you need to be engaged with your parents all the time, but that's kind of a cop out, really. I mean, um, you know, kids are going to are going to be you know reading reading stuff, with, and when the parents not going to be around. I mean, so, but the but the the idea that um, that one shouldn't trust artists. I mean, art. I mean, you know, some of some of the the most beautiful um, you know works of art. Were, were done by people that you know use their their gifts and talents of art in ex, as an expression of their faith. So, I mean, to to say that to say, to say that there, that there's that there's no room for 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 a person to, I th- I, th- I think that you get one gets you get in the trouble of saying you know liberals versus conservatives because that, because there's if if you know people are going to use their talents. And if they're gonna and to, to the best of their ability, what they think is is gonna be appropriate. So if, if one holds true to their craft of saying I'm gonna be intentional about what I about about what I draw and what I present and my body of work um, is gonna be important. One one thing that's related is when Captain America came out as a movie mm-hmm. uh, in Europe and in other countries, they took the title Captain America out and they called it the First Avenger. 
because they were afraid that people were going to see that as um, pushing America and supremacy over other countries. And, you know, I would watch Captain America as a kid in Mexico, and I had no problem with him being a representative of the United States because he was a good guy. And right. and I think it's not pedantic if they actually believe in something and they actually uh, fight for justice. But if Captain America was going around beating up people from other countries and taking over, then people have an issue. But he's actually fighting side of the allies. He wasn't side, right. fighting on the side of Hitler. There's this idea that there's um, an understanding among most people of what good, what's good and what's bad. And I feel that now some of the lines are being blurred. Mm-hmm. because of other issues so i think that uh the comic books can have a positive message but then you run into other uh issues like um you know does gi joe promote more violence because they actually use weapons i remember as a kid i would watch gi joe and rambo cartoons and the and the bad guys would always jump out of the tank before the tank blew up so at least there was an understanding that nobody dies in war because it's for kids. Um, do you think that now they're getting more and more violent because uh, they think that people can um, stand more or that you have to be more realistic? I know some of the darker Batman movies have been very, uh, you know, violent and, and because they want to show it as a real person, not a fantastical character. So again, I'm throwing uh, very tough questions at you, but we'd like to go in depth in, in these issues. Sure. So you're quite, so yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I do think that they're getting darker. Um, but as far as like, I mean, I mean, it, I'm, 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 I was, was doing more listening than thinking about what I was going to say, but, um, as far as it's interesting, you, you bring up the point of, you know, how cartoons portrayed where the, where the bad guy would always get in prison. The bad guy wouldn't end up dying. I mean that's something. It's definitely it's definitely gotten more extreme, no, no question. Um, as far it's and it's interesting. You mentioned like a like Captain America. I was think, trying to think of other other superheroes. One one that I, one that came to mind is, is Zorro, which I'm not even sure if that was actually a um, where that was if it was written by an uh, well, by American artists just set in Mexico or not. Um, but uh, it's interesting because when I think of um, superheroes, I don't think of too many. Superheroes that are based in places other than American soil. Do you know what I mean? And uh, I was happy when they finally had at least a Spaniard playing a Zorro as compared to all the other movies. Oh yeah, oh yeah, that's right, uh, Colonial California. But you know, we can go on. I, we can talk about how in the in the 80s they try to um, make multicultural the superheroes, and they couldn't figure it out, so they made very racially stereotypical superheroes like Samurai and the Apache. And El Dorado. Um, yeah. That's another topic. It's just, um, it is, you know, just like movies, is very American centered overall, but they're just like the show that we did on Star Wars. The reason the Star Wars is so beloved by people all over the world is that even though all the characters were mostly American or British, mm-hmm. they, they were really good people and really bad people. And there was a sense of the Americans were the good guys. And up to that point, the Americans were seen as the good guys because they were helping uh, either police the world or they were supportive of 
uh, causes that everybody believed in and stuff like that. And now the lines have been blurred and nobody knows uh, what's going on anymore. So there's almost like a nostalgia of that time where even though it was um, ethnocentric, um, mm -hmm. it wasn't offensive because they were good white guys. Well, and I, and I would also say that, it, that, that, the, that the roles were, were more universal and, and more relatable. You, one didn't have to be an American to, to want to be Luke Skywalker or want to be Lando Calrissian or want to, or want to be Han Solo, you know? Yeah, so, and now it seems like they're overdoing it, and that's what we talked about on the last show, where they're putting different minorities or different genders, and they're trying to make everybody happy. And while they're doing it, they're actually um, distorting and, and confusing things and, and making it uh, a political conflict when all we want is a good story and well-developed characters. That, that's true. And and, and when, I, when I saw Captain Marvel, I didn't see it as being... Um, I didn't see. I wasn't offended that it, that she that we had a strong female character. I thought that was a great thing. Um, what was interesting is that uh, you know the idea of women when women fighter pilots. I mean that was something that was that in, for for me growing up in the in the 90s that was a that was a foregone conclusion because um, in my you know at that time I remember having you know people having the conversations about women might, can't make good fighter pilots and so on and 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 I would bring up the point that the accurate point that I'd read elsewhere that women actually would make better fighter pilots than, than men because women's bodies are more compact to better withstand the G forces of, of flying an airplane. Women are, they're better, more deck have better, um, you know, hand dexterity and so on. So it's, I think that, you know, when, when it gets to saying, Oh, are you pandering to one audience just to try and, you know, put a token, you know, person of, you know, whatever identity one's trying to promote in there, I mean, there's, you're you're gonna people are gonna be happy and people are gonna be disappointed. You one really just has to you know make the, make the best call that they can at the time and hope for the best. I mean, the a lot of people did not like the mo the movie uh, Daredevil with uh, with uh, Ben Affleck. Um, one of the reasons why they had that the um, the the character that played the the kingpin was a was a black guy, and some folks were. Uh, did, didn't care, you know? Hated that part, but I thought that the, that that the actor played the role very quite well. So I didn't, I didn't, I, that was not an issue to me. So uh, you know, some people are going to find a find a reason to be unhappy or not. Some people looked looked to find a re to or just looking to to uh, find something to be mad at. Um, you know, the the at the end of the day, it's you know, it's just entertainment. One can take it as seriously or take it seriously or not but um entertainment is not reality so one can you know you know look into look into whatever you know box or whatever book you're into but you have to put the book down and 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 face reality um at the end of the day so it's important to not take oneself too seriously but to um you know take in what you're going to consume and and make sure that you're you're intentional about what you consume and, and how you choose to have that have that um enhance you as a person so that it does not diminish you as a person. Those are great final thoughts. Uh, we want to thank you for your time. Thank you for sharing your experience with this very, um, I see it as, as a form of um, impacting society because like we talked in the previous show, if you have a, a, a strong idea or something that 
we all in our heart uh, share and you're able to communicate that through art or a movie or any type of uh, visual media, it becomes uh, part of, of, the, of the culture and of people's thoughts and it can influence things in the, in the positive. And an example of that is uh, like Star Trek had a very international um, group of people and that was like the hope that everybody could get along. And uh, absolutely, it, it seems like it took some steps backwards in the later shows, but there was this idea of uh, there was also something that I saw in the um, the latest Marvel movie is that you also have to face it in like if if suddenly all the superheroes were multicultural, it would be like too much to process. So they have to like slowly introduce new ideas for it to become more acceptable. And and sometimes they don't know how to do it right, but it, it kind of, it's a process. So I think that we're all evolving, we're all growing, and that together we can kind of come to an understanding of how to have a better world. So uh, I appreciate the work that you're doing in the community. Um, introducing kids to, to art through comic books seems like a, a great way for them to not only... Uh, be able to read, but also to appreciate uh, the hard work that goes into making comics. Uh, until I started doing art and even trying to do a comic book, I never realized how how much effort it takes. And then it just becomes this very uh, short product that uh, it's a it's almost like a work of love. And to see it uh, for people to to put their hands on it, that's it's a great achievement. So. Uh, uh, independent comics uh, should be supported as well. So then there's a vast um, different ideas and different themes and, and all out there for people to enjoy, not just what's commercial and what's popular. I don't know uh, what you think about sure. that. Well, actually, no, I would, I would, I would, I would totally agree with that. My actually, one of my, my favorite comic book, uh, comic book series is called um, Elf Quest and it's by a husband and wife team called um, Richard uh, Richard and Wendy Penny. Last name is P-I-N-I. It's called ElfQuest. It's a great book, uh, or a great, great series of books. And by it's it's also uh, helpful when you're reading independent, independent, and you'll be exposed to ideas that you, that you, you may not, when you, you start reading it and, you don't real, and you may not realize that someone's giving you a different perspective that you don't agree with, but that's how you learn. That's how you, that's how you grow as a person by, by being 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 willing to be exposed to something you don't agree with, so that you can have a have a better understanding of it, so you can make well informed decisions, and and a and as you mature in life, you'll you'll find that you're, or for me, as I've matured in life, I've 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 gone I've made it and made it my, a point not to just pay attention to stories or readings or opinions that I that I that I absolutely agree with, but to listen to folks from a different perspective. Not to try and pick a fight with them, but to try and understand. And comics can be a good way of doing so because you're reading it, you know, page by page at your own pace, so that you can you can take it in without versus a um, a movie or a song where it's you know three minutes to 190 minutes, and if you and if you miss it, you may not pick it up, or it's it may come at you too fast for you to be able to um, to be able to process an appropriate method. So. One can read at their own pace, which is not. Uh, Bill Maher was wrong when he said that comic books are for uh, not only children, but but for um, 
very childish adults. I think that uh, it takes uh, you know it takes a lot of effort to create something, and until you've created something, you can't criticize somebody else's creation. So, well, you know what I would say, he's entitled to his opinion, but I can I can respectfully disagree. <laughs> so, what would what would be your disagreement uh, with him, just real quick? Well, to say that to say that someone is childish, one can um, to to say that comic books are childish would be would be a, a vast oversimplification. Um, to I mean, so I, I would say that that's that that's not that if if one's looking at the, what the intention is, if you're intending to write something to 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 a child audience, then that's a then that will be kind of the, if you're writing adult material in a different in a different um, form oh, that, that for other people to be able to take in and the message is getting out, then how can someone be faulted for that? Keep up the good work uh, helping the children at um, Grown McDonald House. I've only had limited interaction with them. When I worked at the Women's Center, I tried to uh, get someone to be housed there while they were their kid was having some medical problems. And it mm-hmm. seemed like it was uh, it was like a waiting list or something. Do you know how difficult it is to volunteer there or to do projects with the oh. kids? Or? Um, well, it, it is a process. They've got to protect the children. They've got to protect the health of their children. Um, there is a volunteer um there, there are there are ample opportunities to volunteer. They're always seeking um, seeking help. So, but they do have a process. Okay, well, wonderful. Well, th- thanks again for being on the show, and I'm glad I got to know you a little bit better through this uh, discussion. Hopefully, you can come and give us an update during um, Comic Fest in the Halloween season. And most of all, uh, we want to want for our audience to be exposed to different ideas. You're welcome.